0: Exciting news at This Week Health, starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Today in Health IT, we're going to take a look at Stanford CIO's priorities for 2024. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a CIO for our 16 Hospital System and creator of This Week Health, set of channels and events dedicated to transform healthcare one connection at a time. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, Shortest, Articite, Parlance, Certify Health, Notable, and ServiceNow. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. One last thing, share this podcast with a friend or colleague. Use it as a foundation for daily or weekly discussions on topics that are relevant to you and the industry. They can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, we're going to take a look at this article. It is January 5th, Becker's Health IT. You can actually find it on our thisweekhealth.com slash news website, which is curated news specifically for you Go ahead and sign up today. You'll get a newsletter every weekday morning. You'll get a newsletter with the current stories that are going on. Plus some like this show and some of the other shows that we do are also uh, summarized in there as well. All right, this is uh, Becker's Stanford CIO zeros in on AI use cases, which I don't think is really the gist of the entire article, but we'll go with it for now. Becker spoke to Michael Pfeffer's MD, CIO, Palo Alto, California based Stanford healthcare and Stanford school of medicine to discuss the organization's top priorities for 2024, its AI pilot and key trends. So the question, what are some of the top priorities? Here's what. Dr. Mike Pfeffer had to say, we are focusing in on harnessing the transformative potential of predictive and generative artificial intelligence in all aspects of our mission from clinical care to research and education. Full stop. This has to be a top priority for every CIO in the country. I think it's interesting that Mike focuses in on clinical care, research, and education. These are all on the clinical side, and that is going to be one of the hardest areas to integrate generative AI and predictive models, and it's going to take a lot of work. An organization like Stanford and Academic Medical Center, Leading Edge, Palo Alto, California is going to want to lead the way, and they're going to have the resources to do it. They're going to have not only the resources from a financial standpoint, but the resources from a partner standpoint, a lot of partners in that uh, ecosystem, as well as obviously the university and the resources available for that. So I love the fact that they are going to lead the way in this area. And for a lot of health systems, a lot of CIOs, it's going to be organizations like this that we look to. It's also going to be partnerships like Valid AI. And uh, well, later on in the article, they talked about human centered artificial intelligence Institute. There's going to be organizations like that, that we're looking to see how they are moving the needle in this space. And then we're just going to incorporate this. So we're not going to be able to, to take as much risk. We're not going to have the resources available, but we are going to leverage what they are doing. And that is a very sound model, to be honest with you, but it's important to identify the leaders that you're going to want to follow and how you're going to stay current on what those leaders are doing. Article goes on, Stanford is also going to continue to focus on simplicity and usability as it pertains to all of our IT systems. One way we're tackling this is by continuing to leverage our platform technologies to drive value, from our current investments and build upon their capabilities. For example, we want to deliver predictive AI through our electronic health record platform, easing the administrative burden on our clinicians. We also want to deliver knowledge through our business functions to our end users via our IT service management platform. We're really focusing on leveraging what our platforms can do and building on top of them. A platform first strategy and approach is Again, very sound. I think this is going to be one of those strategies that is key for all of us. And that is focus on simplicity and usability as it pertains to IT systems. What I found is there's a strategy that you have to fall in line with to support the overall organization. The organization is going to set a five-year direction, a three-year direction, whatever they set. And you're gonna have to fall in line with that and support that in any way you possibly can. And then there's the IT portion of the strategy and the budget, and that has a lot more autonomy for the IT staff. It's really limited by the budget that's available and the budget you're able to get for that, for those services and for those capabilities. But at the end of the day, they're looking to you to say what's important and how do you do that? Simplicity usability for the end users is going to be key. Simplicity from an administration standpoint to drive down the cost of administering some of these systems also is going to be key. A platform technology, one of the beautiful things about that is you have platforms that you are not nearly tapping into all the capabilities of those systems. And this is going to be one of the key selling points to the organization as you move forward. As when you go to consolidate systems or eliminate systems, you run into significant resistance, always run into significant resistance. And it could be a coalition of one that is using the system and they will put up a massive battle and, and you can't get rid of this system. It's what I've used for years and has all this legacy data. And you have to take care of all of those things. But at the end of the day, the argument on this is we can no longer afford to be this complex as a healthcare organization for several reasons. Primary being a uh, primary, I would go with would be security. Our attack surface is too great. The, the amount of data that is strewn around the organization, PHI, PAI, that is, that is tucked into these little systems creates a liability for the organization. That's where I would start. Then I would come back to uh, usability. And I would talk about the need for this information to be used across the entire health system to deliver a higher quality of care. And the challenge of getting all the information from these various little pockets into a usable and actionable form is incredibly challenging and not cost-effective, which is gonna be my last point. And so you're gonna wanna simplify that environment so that you can deliver the most value clinically to the organization and operationally to the organization. And then finally, I would come back with an argument around finances. And I would say we, we can't afford to be this complex anymore. There are no effective organizations that continue to operate at the level of complexity that we're operating at. So there's a security component. There's a quality of care component, and then there's a cost component. That's the argument I would make as I was going out to these organizations and saying, look, we have to reduce the number of applications, the number of data stores, we have to leverage our platforms as we move forward. So again, love what Mike is saying here. Let's see. We're also advancing the capabilities of our My Health patient portal. We're adding numerous patient journeys with the latest being procedures that guides patients throughout their perioperative experience. We're excited about even more engagement potential using AI built right into many aspects of My Health. The patient journey, the patient experience. It's interesting. I had a a good conversation with the CIO yesterday and we were talking about who owns the patient experience. And there's this whole concept of the chief information officer, chief digital officer. And for a lot of us, those two things are highly integrated. They're looking to the CIO in, in a lot of cases who has the CDO title, but they're looking to the CIO to say, okay, How do we improve the patient experience? A lot of that comes down to the portal. People simplify it down to the portal, but that's not really what it's about. That's like the touch point of where you come in contact with the patient. But at the end of the day, it's really about what are you integrating into that touch point? And I love this whole idea of procedures, which is one of the primary ways that people interact with the health system. I'm not going to interact with my health system until I have an appointment or a procedure coming up. And when I do, I want all the information I need for those various procedures. And I could see that specificity around procedures, a specific set of procedures and having that journey really mapped out well and the information delivered in a timely fashion, collected in a timely fashion, used throughout the care journey being a a real value to the health system. So again, patient experience. What he's talked about so far, integrating AI, utilizing platforms, driving simplicity into the organization and advancing the capabilities he says of my health, but I would say advancing the capabilities of the patient journey, the patient experience through integrating digital technologies. And then finally, he has uh, streamlining and automating aspects of our clinical trials management life cycle is another area we're focusing on so as to accelerate trial activation for our pa- patients. That's uh, specifically for an academic medical center, but I will focus in on the word automation. I think automation in all aspects of IT, let, let's just start there. Cause it's the one you have the most autonomy. If, no matter what line of the organization I was in, if I was in a front line, the lowest level in the IT organization, I would be looking at automation. If you could bring automation to your role, to your tasks, to your organization, you're going to increase the value that you deliver to the organization. And that could be the CIO down to the administrator of backups, quite frankly. As you look at these tools and you bring them in, the organization is gonna benefit greatly. And I think the, the sophistication of automation is going to only increase with generative AI and other tools to that effect. And we're gonna see significant advances from robotic process automation, which we've been using in the past, to new forms of automation. I think that are going to be built into a lot of these tools moving forward. Those that can bring automation into the environment are going to be uh, of significant value to the organization. He talks about trends. He talks about, he's asked what trends and technologies are you keeping close tabs on? He talks about uh, human centered artificial intelligence Institute and their work around the human AI interaction. I think that's important. He also talks about the final question they asked him was about the AI pilot where the uh, generative AI is uh, generating notes. I'll just give you a little bit of this. We learned a ton about how generative AI works, how it can be used in real time for clinical care and how we can measure and evaluate the technology. For example, we learned that pharmacists, nurses, and physicians all had different ways of utilizing the draft messages and had varying levels of value they derived from it. We also learned that time saved is not the only measure of importance, usability, burnout scores, technology support, and net promoter scores were just as important to the study. Uh, as we look forward in 2024, I'm eagerly anticipating the continued advancements and innovations of artificial intelligence in healthcare, envisioning a future where AI continues to enhance patient outcomes, streamline healthcare processes, and ultimately contribute to betterment of global healthcare delivery. Uh, i Mike Pfeffer is one of the people I continue to keep an eye on we will have on the show and we will interview as often as he will be on the show because there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, in, in and around, Stanford medicine. Love the, uh, love the priorities that he uh, puts out here. I think it's good for a good topic for discussion. As we say, share this with a podcast with a friend or colleague to keep the conversation going. It's something we say at the end of every uh, podcast, but this is one of those that I think is a great example of how you can use this tool for mentoring. Have somebody, have your team, listen to this and talk about what are our strategies around these things. This is what Stanford's doing. Is this appropriate for us? Are there other health systems we should be following and keeping an eye on? Are there other articles that you've read around strategy? How does our strategy align with the rest of the industry? I just It's a great way of mentoring and bringing the next generation along. It's also a great way of fine tuning your strategy uh, moving forward. All right. That's all for today. Don't forget, share this podcast with a friend or colleague. As I just said, keep the conversation going. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders, Shortest, Artisite, Parlance, Certify Health, Notable, and ServiceNow. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.